This episode of Driven Minds Podcast is brought to you by Slay by Casey Collection. This collection encompasses three brands, Slay by Casey Cosmetics, The Raw Collection, and Bear Apparel. Head over to slaybykc.com to add Slay by Casey Collection to your closet and makeup counter. And follow them on Instagram at SBK Cosmetics. Slay. Enjoy the show. Driven Minds Podcast, this is Franz Bowen. This is Trap Weeks. Yes, and for another installment of the Driven Minds Podcast. Can we get a round of applause real quick? Hey, bravo, bravo. 50 episodes deep plus, you know what I'm saying? I want to send a big shout out to Natalia Saavedra, you know what I'm saying? For uh, helping us out. We got some guests in the building. Big up Bali with Z. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Looking icy and shiny. Absolutely. And El Capitan. I mean, if we have this much guests, that means we must have a special guest. Oh, man. I'm assuming we're somebody real special. Ha ha. Your partner is Founder of Boss Bay, author, a social anthropologist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be putting words together. Social here. entrepreneur, Thanks. artist. Um, just all around, just dope individual. Thanks, guys. Word. word. <clears throat> Alex Wolf, y'all. Hello. Thank you, thank you. Welcome. Thank welcome, you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I always like to talk about first how I first originally meet some of our guests. I think, um, damn, it might have been two years ago, right? Two years ago. You met up, then you left the city or whatnot. I forgot. I think it was Darian who linked us, or like something around. Something those along lines. those lines. Something with Darian and, and Instagram. Something oh, around Darian. Yes. You know what I mean? And I don't know. I think we met up, and when I fully under, I checked out the platform, Boss Babes. Um, I think at the point at that time, I think your article at Fast Company was out, I believe. Um, maybe came out post that, but um, I was just yeah. After I checked out the platform, realized what you did. Um, then we finally met up and it kind of like, like it took me back. I'm like, this woman kind of like just blew my mind. Like you were just so casually just dope. Like here you have this thriving platform that, you know, so many millennial entrepreneurs in the digital space are trying to create. You did that in like, at that point, I think it was within two or three years at that point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You were telling me a little bit about your story about branding and how you're able to, you know, um, connect with your audience and I was just completely amazed. You know what I mean? Thank you. I think uh how you created that platform was just was just super dope. And it just it made me curious about to who you were. I think we got to discussion and then we built a friendship from there. Yeah. Um you left the city, came back mm-hmm. and now you're here doing even bigger things. And we're gonna get to that, but let's talk about the beginning. Let's talk about where you're from. Brooklyn. Um, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm from from Brooklyn, grew up here, um, and I don't know, I've been pretty bi-coastal my whole life, so when I was in high school, I moved to California for like the last few years, and um, I was out there for a while, and that's where I started Boss Babe. Um, Oh, you started out in um, Cali? mm -hmm. Oh, sweet. She's a Berkeley dropout. I'm a Berkeley City College dropout, yeah. (laughs) And... um, yeah, I tried to like do the traditional thing. I really did. Um, signed up for school, 
you know, tried to major in something, but it just, I, I have a really hard time conforming to institutions and mm. it just wasn't adding up, not just my time, but my money wasn't adding up in where the investment was going for school. So I just gave up and then I started to, my first company was like a candle company. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know that. Yeah. And it was me just trying to figure out how to make money, really, like how to start a business. And I learned the very fundamentals, the very basics of like demand and inventory and, and startup costs and things like that. And at the time, California is very health conscious. I had lost 50 pounds there. Um, and so after that, I was like doing health coaching for people and helping them lose weight. And um, eventually, I um, got really good at social media. I've been on the internet since I was two, year, two years old, and that's not an exaggeration. Um, wow. My dad has been in tech. Like, my dad had a computer before everyone else. Mm. Um, and in the 90s, like, I have, I talk about this in my book, like, um, when I wanted to send a, a fan mail letter to the Spice Girls, because I had this video of them where they're like, oh, send us you know, send us your letter, you know, to this address. Okay. And I was like, Dad, like, can you help me? You know, I must be like four or five. And he was like, oh, just email them. <laughs> and this was like in 1995. Cool. So that's the kind of household I'm coming from, where like the internet was already normal in mm. before it was normal in other people's houses. Mm. So I always think of the computer as my, my sibling. Like, I didn't have a brother or sister. I had the internet which is kind of scary, but I think has helped me understand how things work on there and given me like a, a very insightful perspective of how things grow and move. And so after the health coaching I was doing, um, I decided to help entrepreneurs market through social media because it just came naturally to me. Like I was on Twitter all of high school. Mm. Um, like I didn't, I probably like went to high school. I was just on Twitter the whole time. <laughs> and um, so I was like, I was getting these folks to like, they were like paying me a hundred bucks an hour to set up their Twitter accounts and their wow. Facebook accounts. Yeah, so I was like, all right, this is like, okay, this is looking better than college right now. Um, and then also at the time I was really young and I was like, what, 19, 20, 21. And I was like obsessed with like, I wanted to be known. I wanted to be like famous. And I, I'm okay with talking about it now because it's kind of like, I have peace with it because I think so many young women crave that validation and just young people right. like they crave to be seen and accepted and approved by society and I saw how social media was going to be an avenue for that and when I started Boss Babe I had went down to LA to this like weird ass conference where this lady was helping people become hosts like television hosts mm. this is so creepy like I don't do LA mm. like I have friends there they love it. It's not for me, like Brooklyn all day. But um, anyway, while I was there, she was saying, this was all like, I was trying to get on TV, right? right? And like, I was really young at the time. Like it was bad. I had like an eating disorder. Like I was definitely one of those girls that was like trying to do anything to be accepted. Mm. And she was like, oh, it's not about, um, it's not about television anymore. Everything's about online. So I'm like, okay, everything's about online. I know how to do online. And so that that day, going back home, I started Boss Babe. Wow. And it really just started with me posting these like really snarky, sassy quotes right. about being a young female entrepreneur who was feminine 
and there were other you guys understand like instagram it hardly had any brands on the platform at that time like mm. it was mostly just people right. with like those overly done filters uh, <laughs> and so there weren't really brands on there and then there were a few motivational accounts but they were super masculine like they were super like you know those like motivational quotes with like the lamborghini and like yeah, the yeah, lion yeah. and shit yeah, and yeah, like yeah. this was the first account that was like talking about lipstick and red bottoms and uh. and stuff like that and so it really resonated with a lot of women and I remember being shocked because the first day I had 100 followers, second day I had 200 followers, fifth day 500. Wow. And I'm like, oh shit, like this is going to turn into something. Yeah. yeah. And so, Sorry, yeah. before you go there, you just seem really entrepreneurial from the jump. So was it was it like... Um, it's not even... I, I honestly don't think I'm a business person as much as I'm just... Again, like I don't do well with institutions. Right. Like I really don't do well with having a boss. Right, right. But not even being a business person, but the fact that you're able to like, okay, I know I'm good on Twitter. Let me start something where I'm coaching people on Twitter. Was that something you've seen in your household? Was that your dad? Or was just the need for money made you just think creatively? I just... I was at networking events and people would talk about social media like it was this foreign world. And I was like, I, to me it was, I w it was a fluent language. Mm. So I was like, okay, well, what if I help you, you know, with setting this up? And then they're like, okay. Like my first client was like, okay, I'll pay you $75. And I'm like, oh shit, like just for that. Mm. And so, and, and definitely it was, it was, it was before social media marketing was a term. Like this is like, I remember one of my my homeboys at the time was like, "You're not gonna make any money doing that. Like, no one, no one, you know, needs help with that." And like, these are the scary things you hear when you first start a business. Is like people just not believing in you. Like, even people who care about you are like, "That's no one's gonna do that." And so, those were the first like lessons I learned of like, you can't, you have to be able to understand that you're seeing something no one else is seeing, um, and not expect people to believe in it. So. How did you start to uh, structure your business? Which one? Boss Babe? Yeah. So after the following came about, I realized this was going to be a brand. I was like, okay, Boss Babe, Boss Babe t-shirts, Boss Babe this, Boss Babe that. How can I um, structure this? And I was trying to think of the most optimal business model where I would have enough freedom and also be able to pr provide value. And I thought of a subscription service, which again, like I'm telling you, like, as a 25-year-old today, I don't know, I have any idea how my 21-year-old self thought of that. Like, that's crazy. Like, that's, I mean, it's a good idea, but I don't even know where that came from. I was like, if I can get um, a fraction of this following to pay five to ten bucks a month to have access to each other, because they, I was getting emails every day. Wow. How do I become a boss babe? What does it take? This, this, and that. Wow. And I'm like, okay, what do these girls really want? You know, they want to feel... Like, there's a, a virtual place for them to be understood. Mm. And I was like, okay, let me figure it out. And I built the website um, and, you know, created that. All right, that's dope. Yeah. Right. So let's talk a little bit about the, com the community and, and, and your clientele. Where, what, are your, what is the, uh, I guess, the, the general overall um, disposition of your clientele? And, and how do you communicate with so many different type of women effectively? Um, I think it was, it was really just my experience that I was sharing. So these were quotes, like it's, it's, it's the Issa Rae model, it's the Cardi B model, where it's like, I'm not doing anything but just expressing myself. Mm -hmm. 
and that was resonating with people like there were you know and it's a completely different business now like I don't own it um, it's being ran by other people but when it first started um, the quotes were way more <laughs> they were way more mean like mm -hmm. so for example like some of the quotes would be like like um, it would be a picture of Rihanna and it would be like, boy, I didn't, that wasn't my, that wasn't my number. That was my bank account balance. Mm. And like, that's a quote I've seen recycled a million times, but I can swear to you on my grandmother. I remember thinking that in my head because I've seen it okay. a lot of times. And there's like so many quotes where I'll be like, shit, did I make that up? Like it's gotten to the point now where I don't even remember which ones I made. <laughs> but <clears throat> the point is that there were these really like funny like, you know, one of the quotes was like, I don't know if tonight I should buy dinner or if I should buy marketing supplies. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And like girls were like, fuck, that's where I'm at right now in my life. Mm -hmm. And um, that is what I think made people share it. And sharing is what makes people what makes something go viral. And so it was just young women who, <clears throat> you know, we're, we were past we're millennials. So we already know we can do whatever we want. We're not like Gen X where our mothers needed to watch Oprah. They needed to, you know, we, that was that Hillary Clinton phase where it's like women were in the office, but they were still really propped up. They were still really formal. Like now it's like women are in the office and it's like, I'm going to have my hair pink. I'm going to have my nails red. Like I'm going to be a woman in the office and that's going to have to be okay. And so that's what I think Boss Babe really spoke to, that yeah. clientele. That's, that's interesting. I want to... I want to do a deep dive in it just, just because of the um, the social climate that we're in. So you're very much a part of a transitional um, generation in terms of technologically, but also, you know, gender-wise, you know, as a, as a young woman coming up, can you talk a little bit about, you know, what some of your, I guess, early challenges were in, in you know, discovering yourself and being able to share yourself with in that space you're asking like how i shared myself well i'm asking all right let me organize my thoughts <laughs> okay i'm back there you go all right so i'm i'm asking as a as a millennial who's you just mentioned that you know the um the hillary clinton right um like the early 90s or whatever power dynamics beginning to shift but there's a right now the climate is all the way oh absolutely it's flipping to the other side it's flipped right right so, so what was that like you know defining your identity in that shift right and being on the front lines of that shift yeah yeah that's yeah, a good question i it was scary because it's it's weird to be a woman and be like hey um i want to be taken seriously but i also want to express myself and you know through my fashion and through like just my interests mm -hmm. and i but i still want to be taken professionally um and like so for example some of, part of why i started boss babe is because these meetings i was going to with these entrepreneurs who needed help setting up twitter and facebook or whatever they were older mm -hmm. and so of course my ratchet ass was going in there <laughs> i had on like i remember the i had these like platform jelly shoes oh my God. i love them <laughs> but like can't you just see me like Walking in. I can't. Yeah. Exactly. And so, and sometimes I would be embarrassed, like, oh, God, I hope, like, they don't think I'm, like, stupid because I'm wearing these. And I think, you know, a lot of the time, especially as a young woman, you're insecure about your 
the way you express yourself and how that's going to translate. And so for how it felt, it felt scary. It felt like um, I was taking a huge risk because I would see other women, you know, and I'd be like, okay, they're not dressed like that. Um, am I doing something wrong? But now, as the years go by, I see like, okay, people are more accepting about, and you know, it's really just about aesthetic differences. Like the professionalism is still, you know, is still standard and it's still, or, or above standard, or whatever. It's not like, and that, and that was the main point I was trying to make where it's like, women should be able to um, be comfortable and, and men too, as long as we get the job done. And I think that's a very millennial um, philosophy because so much of how companies are transforming are going from these like super formal corporate cultures to did you do your work today? Like, all, that's all we care about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that shouldn't you know, interfere with how you want to express yourself. Absolutely. In the process of like, you know, creating this platform and growing it out to, you know, what it is today, what did you learn about yourself, right? Because you had to evolve around this. I think it was like, what, 22? I learned everything. I was, I was what, 21. I didn't, I was. It's crazy. And you're 24, 25 now? Right? I'm 25. 25. 26, 420. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bali just smiled. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's another conversation, another podcast. But um, <laughs> yeah, what did you learn about yourself? Oh my God. Especially I learned everything LA, about myself. Back, you know I, mean? I learned everything. I learned that I don't want to run a business. I learned that businesses mm. are hard mm. and that you should only try to run them if you want. If, if you're built for it and you're cut out for it. Um, I learned that I'm an artist and that was a hard pill to swallow. But um, I just learned that I, I thrive better in the creative spaces, in the visionary spaces. I'm very like, here's my idea, take it, bye. Right. You do that a lot. Yo, she be giving out these million dollar, if y'all don't follow her on the gram, she gives out these million dollar ideas for free. And I be looking like, yo, hey Boogie, why? <laughs> like, because I'm not gonna do it. Because you know what? You can give million dollar ideas out for free because most people are not going to do it. Mm. I know damn sure I'm not going to do it. And I used to be like, oh, I'm, I'm sitting on the bag. Like, I got so many bags. I got so many ideas. Mm. Now I'm like, I'm like, I want to see someone else take this idea. Mm. And, and, that, and that's part of why I was like happy to sell my business. I was like, I want to see you take this and make it shine. Because it, it gives me confidence to know that I made something that could flourish like that. Mm. But... I'm not built to maintain those things. I'm built to just create things and then dip out. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about that transition. So you decided, all right, uh, you, you've learned the truth about yourself, that you're, you're a great creator um, and facilitator, but you're, you really enjoy the creative space. What, is, what was the next um, evolution of Alex Wall? After? For the next iteration. After um, I think my mind expanded. I, I care a lot about intellectualism in our age because I feel like we got <laughs> we got mad models on IG and we do not have people with brains and like I just it really irks me because um, I, I want to contribute to intellectually stimulating conversations. I think that's very very important. And so I think it's a mixture of um, contributing to those and then also creating artwork that is not about, oh, look how pretty it is, but again, it stimulates the mind. Like I think our generation is, has been thrown into this 
um, technological vortex because it, the internet has moved so quickly that I don't think we've even taken a breath to realize how the fuck we even got here. Like, we're just here now. Like, the internet's just taken over the world and like, our parents don't understand because they didn't grow up in a world like that. And the kids after us are not gonna understand because they don't know a world without it. Like, we're the only people in the history of the planet that grew with it on it on our side. And I want to have conversations where I go like, wait, like, do, do we see how this is impacting us? Do we see the negatives? Do we see the positives? Um, and like, how is this going to, how is this gonna really like affect our, our overall lives? So that's the next iteration. And that's the thing, what makes you amazing is your perspective on these things, right? Thanks. What do you feel about how social media is, is affecting us, the negative and the positive. All right, I'm gonna break this shit down. Okay, so there's this, one of my favorite academics, his name is Neil Postman, he wrote a book called Amusing Ourselves to Death. Mm. In 19... Amusing Ourselves to Death. Amusing Ourselves to Death. He wrote it in 1985, and it was this in-depth, amazing um, articulation of how he thought the technology of the television was affecting our society. 85. 85. Okay. And he talks about how prior to television, um, the American consumer would get their information through reading. Magazines, newspapers, everything we had to read. Sure, they would throw pictures in there, but still, the capacity, the retention for reading mm -hmm. was exponential to what it is today. Right. After television came to be, what happened is that um, the market this, the market caught on to the fact that you could sell attention. Meaning like, okay, if you get a whole bunch of motherfuckers to stare at a screen, we can sell ads. This is great, we're gonna sell you know, cereal and soda and this and that. And television started to sell our time and our ability to focus. By doing that, it created entertainment and these shows that um, really sort of started to warp our minds of what we think things should look like. You know, so much of what we see happening today with like um, people of color being really um, stressed about making sure our images are seen is because we live in such a visual culture to begin with. And we know the, the, cons the negative consequences of living in such a visual culture and not being represented. It can warp your brain. So this whole book is about how television has done that. And he makes all these like really, you know, dystopian, creepy <laughs> um, predictions about what that, that, what that means for the world. And reading it today, I think about social media. And one of the things he talks about is this um, scholar who, who talks about how technology is always a metaphor for something else. So a clock is not time. A clock is a metaphor for time. Time is we can't, there's no way we can measure it without turning it into a clock. And when, and, and so for television, television is a metaphor for like life, or what we think life should like look like. Mm. And then when you, when you think about Instagram. What's that? Exactly. So what is Instagram the metaphor for? Bullshit. I, I personally like. think I personally think Instagram has is becoming and already has become a metaphor for life. Like we think right. that's life. That's a fact. This right. is your life. Mm -hmm. But but this is what life really looks like. Right. 
So to the point where we're on it and then we're comparing each other's lives because we think that's other people's lives. People That's a fact. Did you see that article earlier this week? This this woman, she's like, I'm ten thousand dollars in debt for starting on the gram. Wow. It was in the New York Times earlier. I thought it was hilarious. So these these business models run off the same thing. They're selling our attention, right? They're selling our attention. So that means that the the way these business models work, they they we're not we're not the customers. We're the products. Our attention is the product that is being sold for sale to these advertisers. So they have labs, they have all this intense stuff to figure out how to get us to to keep go, coming back to the phone and to keep scrolling, and so. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I love the internet, like, probably more than anybody I know, because I think it's one of the most advanced resources that we can exercise freedom and connection and things like that. But I do think there are, um, there, there are questionable, or things worth questioning as far as when is, too, when is enough enough? You know, how, how much are we using this for our advantage versus our demise? And I saw very quickly how in my own life and just within my own peers, like we are constantly competing and we're constantly, and we're very, and, and I think also we're, we're ashamed. I think culturally, we don't like that we're addicted to these, to these platforms. And, and, you know, if you ask around and you ask a, a millennial, hey, do you want to be on social media as much as you are? Most of them say no. Like, no, we don't want to be on it. But we, we are addicted. It is, it is as valid as a as a drug addiction. Absolutely. Um, there was like a report that came in that more uh, car insurance uh, went up because more people are dying from checking their phones. That's not a cute like oh millennials are so like oh Instagram like that is a that is obviously an irrational um, program behavior where you are risking your life. Think about like drugs or smoking or whatever. You're risking your life because that's how addicted you're. Your chemistry is to it. It's fucked up. Mm. That's that's some deep shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So with that being said, follow me at Alex Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely gonna get to that part of the show. But, um, so let's let's transition now. So we had a conversation a few weeks back in which you were saying that you're uh, writing a book and you're almost complete. It's you done. Okay. But what is done? You. Shout out to yes. you. Um, let's 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 dive in into that. So the the crux of the book, is, well, the name of the book is called Resonate, correct? Mm -hmm. And uh, the crux of it is really speaking about how to you know resonate in culture, resonate your personality and your intellect or what have you, um, for the benefit of yourself certainly. But can you can you tell us a little? Can you expand a little bit more on that? Tell us, you know, uh, the benefits, the um, and, and all that encompasses your book. Yeah, so <clears throat> book's called Resonate. It's for anyone who wants to build an audience. I talk about how I think people ask me if it's a marketing book. I tell them it's a book about human nature because that's what marketing really is. True. And people think that um, people need to understand that groups of people um, form together when they have a physiological response. There's, if you can do something, when we say, oh, that really resonated with me, or that really moved me, or that really touched me, think about that verbiage. It's, it's a physical 
sensation. Like you feel butterflies or like, damn, like if you listen to a good like Jay-Z song or something like that, you have this physiological experience. And the book is about how if you can create the physiological experience and have it um, occur multiple times, eventually an audience will form. And I think, um, you know, there, there, there are two sides to this, which goes back to the whole like um, entertainment versus art. So entertainment understands, like these brands know that all you need to do is create a physiological response, right? And that's why, um, you know, certain influencers play up their sexual appeal. You're gonna get a physiological response. Or video games or blockbusters, like they're, they're exploiting sort of like your, your sensory. And art, you know, is the case that I make in the book is that those, art builds audiences where you're, where you're looking at the creator as if you, you, you are that person. Whereas entertainment separates. It's like, it's an escape. When, you're, when you are entertained purely through entertainment, your, your consciousness drifts. And, and, and I think it, it has its place. I definitely like need the office sometimes if I'm writing too much, like I'll put on the office to escape. Absolutely. But real art, that, that's the kind of shit you almost don't even wanna like put on because you know it's gonna take energy out of you. Like you know you're gonna have to be extremely present. Um, so they both create physiological responses and I talk about how in the book, like, how I talk, like, I break it down. I break down the four things that I think every resonating message has and really encourage the reader to, um, to implement those in their message. And the message could be a book. It could be a song. It could be a piece of clothing. Like, there, there are a lot of things that force us into that physiological response. But you have to go into it with... Um, that intention, which I like dive in for sure in the book and like it builds it builds audiences and it's not about me because a lot of people when they see how quickly the audience for Boss Babe grew they're like how'd you do that that was so crazy like tell me your secret sauce and I'm like that's not me that's the human condition I was showing up I was just as inspired posting those quotes that that and that's what people felt when they saw them so it's a human condition thing. If you have enough nerve to be yourself, again, Issa Rae, Cardi B um, uh, model, <laughs> which is what I'm going to call it now, they just showed the fuck up. Cardi B, she didn't have no branding aesthetic. She didn't sure. care about colors. She wasn't doing none of that. She came she up. Shit on videos. Bro, I was like, I follow like an account that just posts her old videos because like those are my favorite. Mm -hmm. Just those old, raw, like, you cannot believe this girl. But it's so real that it's just like, it's so nourishing to see that, especially a New York woman and everything. So that's what the book is about. How important is timing with that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, huh? How, how, how important is timing with that? Because you, you, had a, um, you had a fortunate experience where you know your father worked with technology and you were introduced to the internet early and what have you. Um, and then even, you know, beyond that, when these platforms started to, before they started to mature, you know, you were on it early and were able to, you know, um, be able to manipulate them. Timing absolutely matters. Timing absolutely, there's this TED Talks um, that's about how if, 
They, this guy measured, I, I really wish I had the name of this, this man. It's incredible work he did. He did research on what made certain startups succeed and what made them not. And he tested, was it the idea? Was it the team? Was it the funding? Was it the timing? What was it? They saw, what the, what the research concluded was that it was all timing. Wow. Facebook is not the first social media. It's not. It came into the culture at a time that the, the, the average consumer was ready to be a digital profile. Absolutely. They've been through the MySpaces, the Black Planets, the Skullnets. Years. Things. That shit started cultivating for in the 90s. Right. It peaked right then. Mm -hmm. So because he, and, and I don't think he planned that. You know what I'm saying? He was there at the right time. Uber, there's patents for Uber in the 90s. There's patents for Instacart in the 90s. You couldn't make Uber in the 90s. You know what I'm saying? So you have to really think about where is my consumer at? What does my consumer want? Or what is my consumer going to want? Where is demand going to be in the next two years? Because it's going to take you a year to build this shit anyway. Minimum. Because you got to get over the fear. You got to get some money. You got to find some people. So <clears throat> for people like trying to build companies where the demand is strong right now i kind of laugh i'm like you gotta you gotta build demand that's on its way you gotta build for demand that's on its way and i think for boss babe absolutely like you know i don't know i just i i don't it sounds like a little conceited but i think ahead i really i do think ahead I, it, it's not as glamorous as it sounds, because it, I, sometimes I feel like I'm going fucking crazy, but um, I see where society is going like two or three years before it, it gets there. And the only reason why I have enough confidence to say that is because I've, I've, I've seen it over the past few years. I'm like, oh shit, like, and, and that's why I'm giving out those business ideas. Cause I'm like, you're, you're, you're making fun of me for giving them out, which I know it's all love, but like, I'm over here trying to show y'all like, I got the juice. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm telling you this now. So in three years, you could be like, "Hey, Boogie fucking said that shit." Right. You know what I'm saying? I I know, um, like I I know there's value in in what I'm saying, but I also know that it's it's gonna it takes a while, mm -hmm. and I know that I don't want to do it. Absolutely, I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> the floor is yours, Senator. Yeah, yeah, Bears. Um, yeah, so you've done that on a really high scale with your company, right? Um, but then you've also transitioned that and did that with personal branding, right? Mm -hmm. And I've seen that, like, your personal brand is really strong, like, Thank you. yes, you're the business founder of um, Boss Base and whatnot, but, you know, um, Alex Wolf, the creative, the artist, now the author, you know what I mean, is really, um, it's really coming together, it's really is, is making its you know its online presence very relevant, very culturally relevant. You know what I mean? And you've seen you write these stories. I'm part of you know your subscribers. I know Thank a couple you. in this room. We actually talk about a couple of your stories. Oh, you know? word! You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a couple of your stories are really funny, and they also have like a little personal aspect. Mm -hmm. um, my question is, how did you get over the fear of you know just being really personal with your audience? Number one, and how do you feel that effectively um, uh, impacted your personal brand? I feel the most dead when I can't express myself. 
And I think I was in I was in a situation where I just um, I wasn't expressing myself. I felt I had a lot of fear. All that all that very traditional, oh my God, what are people gonna think? And after I got out of that mindset, I was like, what's worse? They're both they're both have their their cons. It's either I don't express myself and I feel horrible and I feel like no one sees me and I feel like people only see the highlights because that was the other thing that was making me sick about being a woman in business was that I, I need to show up each time perfect. Hmm. Like, I can't, I can't, I don't have the energy for that shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Like, it was making me sick. I was like, I want to be able to talk about right now how my day was fucked up or how I, I went on this bad date or how I couldn't get a, a goddamn box up my apartment. Um, that was one of the stories for the listeners. <laughs> like, I need that, I need that emotional range. And so I had to decide, do I want to be boss babe that just is always here to empower you and always has a smile on my face? Mm. Or do I want to be messy artist who just shows you, you know, and it's not like, oh, I'm, I'm not showing everything, of course. There's th- certain things I, of course, want to keep to myself. But there's certain things where I'm like, bro, don't look at me like I know everything. I hate that feeling mm. because I feel like you don't see me. It's very lonely. And, and, I, and I feel like that's such a thing in our culture right now, mm. where it's like, and I understand that it's scary to be vulnerable. I have a whole chapter on it in the, in the book. I understand that it's scary to be vulnerable. But I also know that I'm gonna die one day, and like, what's the point? What's the point of being here if I'm not gonna really be alive? Like, like I'm vulnerable because one day I'll be dead, and I'm just gonna, I feel like I'd be happier knowing that I spent the majority of my time trying to be as vulnerable as a human. Like, I just want to show people I'm human just like you. I'm trying to figure out shit just like you. I'm on a floating ball in outer space just like you. I may know certain things that you don't know, but I'm not better than you. Like, and I don't have the, the, the answers. So I think that, yeah, like that, that was the big question I had to answer for myself. Like, what would I rather have? When will you you mentioned something uh, a few minutes back um, that you, you, know, you couldn't have when you were talking about um, developing a subscription service and that was a genius thing. That I didn't wrong. say it was a genius thing. It was low key. <laughs> it was fine. Um, if what would you tell yourself? I mean, it's been for almost five years since that time. What would you tell yourself then? And what letter do you have to your future self? What would I tell myself then? I would tell myself then that you're an artist, so just start doing art now. Mm-hmm. Um, like, don't try to be, uh, don't try to be perfect. Because you have to remember, like, remember I was telling you, like, I was in a really bad mental state at that at that time. I was trying to get recognition. I was trying to, I was trying to be important because. I don't know, I feel like it's a very common thing for young people in our society to think that we have to prove our worth. And that's where I was. So I would tell that person, like, you're good money, create stuff, you love creating things, there are people who will pay you for it. I think that was another big, 
block I had where it was big, like, it, it was that big fear of, like, oh, you're an artist. Like, I didn't even let that thought go in my mind because I was like, I can't afford that shit. Like, I've seen other artists, and I'm like, no, 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 that can't be me. So I would tell myself, like, relax, like, keep doing it. There are people who will pay you for it. And then as far as my future self, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Just be as alive as possible. Be as human as possible. Um, and that's that's all I really expect and want out of myself. Fire. Super fire. That was, let's talk about, you know, when the book is coming out, when the people can expect it. You know? <laughs> it's really exciting stuff. It's going to be out in late April. Wow. It's amazing. By my birthday. It's my birthday gift to myself. <laughs> I will be definitely enjoying a birthday gift on your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Super Dollywood. Super dope. And we um we're gonna be announcing some news on when the actual um the, the launch event will be. Yes. People can come in and, and buy the book. And uh, yeah, yeah, we're just more than happy to have uh, a boogie on the podcast. We appreciate you for coming by. Thank Finance. you. Before you get up out of here, tomorrow on Dream Minds. So we ask everybody this question. Yes. What drives it keeps you hungry. Wake up every day, do your thing. Art, one hundred percent, and Brooklyn. Art in Brooklyn. I love that. Mm, peace out to Brooklyn. <laughs> Short and sweet. Art in Brooklyn. Uh, tell the people where to find you on the socials. I'm Alex Wolf on Instagram. Alex Wolf Co on Twitter. Sign up for my email list because Instagram might shut down one day. This is true. Absolutely. Word, yo. Uh, net neutrality forever. Like we always say at this time, stay driven, y'all. Stay driven.